to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Lights, it's Angela and happy Monday. Welcome to another week, another chance to feel excited, inspired, impactful. Are you ready? I know that I am. Last week was my friend Sarah Francescuti's Global Leadership Summit. I listened in and wow, I really enjoyed the 21 other speakers and there's a couple of them I think I'm going to book for an architecting episode. Thought you would enjoy as a special treat getting to hear some excerpts from my chat with Sarah for the summit. If you like what you hear, The doors are open to still get access, so just look for the link in the show notes, and in the meantime, enjoy. So welcome, everybody, to the Sweet Spot Global Leadership Summit, where we will be talking all week about how organizations and their leaders can thrive from the inside out. And today, I'm super excited to introduce you to the fabulous Angela Mazzi. Our topic today is there is no later. So Angela, this is an awesome headline and I'd love to hear about what that means to you and how leaders and organizations can use that concept to really bring a thriving aspect in everything that they do. So welcome and and can't wait to chat with you about this. Thank you so much, Sarah. I always love our chats and I always love the opportunity to share with your amazing audience. They are so lucky to be part of your community because you just offer so many great and practical resources. So I'm so excited (laughs) to be here today and have a chance to share what's up. So yes. So this whole concept of there is no later I'd love to hear more about that and and your perspective on it, because I know that that theme came up for me in reading your book, The Time Builder. And uh, so I think it's a key piece uh, that people can unlock to get them out of being stuck or feeling frustrated and overwhelmed. Sure. So if the past year and a half, almost two years, it's hard to believe, has taught us anything, it's that you have to live in the moment. You can't really plan for the future. You can't say... I'll do it when or if Mm -hmm. you have to really be in tune with what you want and then you've got to do it. It's really kind of examining the duality that happens between being and doing. And we understand doing, we understand the checklist, the calendar, the org chart, but we forget about why Mm -hmm. those tools are being used. And we kind of hide behind our busyness because we're always in life going to have what I call the compulsories, the errands to run, the chores to do, the tedious detail-oriented parts of any project or the meetings to attend. But those aren't our why. Those Mm -hmm. are just process, right? And so 
first, we really need to get in touch with ourselves and what are our unique talents and gifts and what would excite and delight us in the way we can share them with the world. Mm, Absolutely. I wonder if we can maybe pause there and talk about that a little bit, because I think it's easy when we get into the doing to disconnect from that piece. You know, I found as a new mom, it's been very easy to get up and focus on feed the family, get the laundry on, go to work, eat lunch, feed each other or whatever. And then, and then keep going through the day, do meetings and clients and, and get disconnected from that being present, even though I, uh, that's something I've been practicing for years. So tapping into that passion, I can understand how that flip that switch really quickly. Yeah, it absolutely can, because when you're being, you're sort of in a flow state, in the zone of genius, and we've all heard that term used. When you're doing work from that place, do you ever notice how time and space don't even seem to exist anymore? And everything is kind of effortless, which doesn't mean that you just do it one time and it's done. You may be iterating, you may be experimenting, but nothing feels hard because Mm -hmm. you are aligned in your actions. You are being with your own talents, your own gifts, your own reasons, your own things that light you up about how you are here to serve and your ego, not even an issue. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, when we find ourselves worrying about what other people will think of us, concerned we're not good enough, all the reasons that we are perfectionists or procrastinators, which are really just two different ways to not do something, right? I'm either not good enough or I'll get to it when, and when never happens Mm -hmm. because I'm too busy. They're ways of hiding. And when we hide in our comfort zone, what actually happens, and there's science behind this, video games use this, the little rewards, right? Give Mm. you this little dopamine hit. So you get to the end of the day and you feel like you did stuff, except you really didn't move the ball down the field. You just hamster wheel running. Mm. On the other hand, when you're taking that aligned action, you are making space for yourself. And there's a certain stillness in that, a certain peace in that, a certain freedom even in that, because it's not about your ego anymore. It's about your purpose. Mm. And what other people think isn't relevant, whether you are talking too much about it isn't even a concern because it it's so connected to your passion. You just feel a compulsion almost to talk about it, to get it out there. And you're the messenger. Mm-hmm. It's not you. It's the message that matters. And from that place, you actually create more time for yourself. And you know that sounds crazy. Like, how can that be? There's only 24 hours in a day but it's how we spend it. And I think we've all had the experience of doing something that we can do very easily and quickly, get it done in 10 minutes. But if we're not in the right mood or we're distracted or too tired, that same task could take an hour. 
And it's that same kind of thinking when your brain is focused and your emotions aren't getting the best of you and you're not second guessing yourself and you're just being, you get so much more done. And you're also opening up because you've turned off that stress response your brain to possibilities, which means you're going to be more innovative and more creative. So the solutions you come up with will be that much more powerful. On the other hand, when we're stressed out, what do we do? What we know works, right? Yeah. And we could, like you said, stay safe and kind of avoid things and things take longer. And and this is that kind of thrive mode versus survive mode that I I found um, myself kind of coming up with again and again, and and I share with my clients too, but I I know that it can be hard for people when they're in that survive mode to get there. I, I, I know now personally how to kind of hopefully be self-aware enough to catch myself to pull out when I'm kind of in that hamster wheel mode, but I'm wondering if you have any strategies or tips and how people can, can switch into that, that beingness and that kind of flow state. Sure. So I always like to follow the energy. So mm-hmm. if there's just no energy in something and I'm like, I don't even want to do this. That's the clue that it's not aligned action. On the other hand, if I am excited to do it, then I know that it's the right thing to do. Now I know the corollary mm-hmm. to that is going to be all the things all of us have to do every day, right? And so people are going to say, yeah, but, well, this is this whole concept of there is no later. You Mm, can't put off what's really important to you so you can flog yourself into getting something else done. So if there's no energy in something, not only should that be a red flag for you that this isn't aligned, but it's also an opportunity to kind of say, well, if I have to do it, or maybe you don't have to do it. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. we assume we have to do things, but if I have to do it, how can I let it be easy? Ah, that that's personally my theme for this whole year, by the way, (laughs) is ease and, and really uh, doing things that when then you're in that effortless state, because I know the magic of that and that feeling feels so good. So I really, I'm just going to reiterate what you've just said is just kind of following that energy to see when it feels good and exciting and how can you let it be easy? So even if it is that chore, that sort of thing that maybe isn't quite as passion laden, maybe there is a way to kind of bring that energy into it. So it can be more joy filled and tap more into that beingness again. Yeah. Or can you delegate it? You know, Mm -hmm. can we let go of Part of perfectionism is feeling only I could do this and, you know, being afraid, white knuckling onto a task, even if we don't like doing it because we're afraid that we won't be visible any longer. If we delegate it and somebody else can do a good job with it, then they're going to get the credit. And again, back to this whole idea of the death of the ego, right? That's the ego trying to keep you safe, trying to say, don't take a risk, do what you're good at, make sure people see you do it and you get Mm. credit. On the other hand, if you say, I don't want to do this, but someone else needs to learn this skill, let me delegate it. And it's okay. I don't need to hold on to 
that because if I follow my heart, I'm going to do something 10 times better than this. So will they, exactly. And I've known many, many folks I've worked with that, that hold on to that, that task, like you said, either because, you know, they do it well, or they know how to do it. And they're, they're reluctant to have somebody else take it over, Um, but also kind of almost protecting their team from taking it on. But I know that then if they delegate it, well, they can be in their zone of genius, but then they're empowering their team to be into, you know, tap into their genius and doing those tasks as well. Yeah, there definitely is a lot that our brain forms habits. It's what it's designed to do. But when we look at what we do and why we do it, do we still need to do every step of that process? Mm -hmm. Do we need to do that process at all? Is it still the, the easiest and best solution for us? Maybe not, but we don't stop to be mindful. We don't stop to ask those questions. We just plow ahead with our to-do list and tick, 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 and get through the day. And then at the end of the day, we're exhausted, but we really haven't accomplished anything. So what do you think is, is keeping people trapped there? Is it just habit? Is it just, you know, this is what I've done for the past, whatever, three months, three years, 30 years, you know? Why do you think we get stuck there? I think a lot of it is fear. So there's Mm -hmm. fear of failure. That's a kind of obvious one. If I try something different, what if I'm not good at it? Mm -hmm. I think there's also fear of standing out. So we've heard of tall poppy syndrome. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. make the mistake of thinking that just means you're afraid to show up. That's only part of it. It's really, if I take a stand and boldly show up, people will put me under a microscope. And then if I fail, it will be catastrophic. And Mm. it's that catastrophizing that's just in our head, right? We're being the judge and jury before we even did anything. Yeah. (laughs) Why we can't do it. On the other hand, if we stay busy with tasks that we're competent at doing, we know we are going to be successful. It's going to be a limited success, but we have kind of guaranteed results and we know what to expect. So it's comfortable. It's not risky. And it actually, by staying busy, we don't have to confront our need to grow and evolve we -hmm. can just keep stuffing it down because we're too busy and we don't even have to think about it or worry about it which is how someone can be in their 40s or 50s have worked for years and suddenly hit this wall where they're like what have I done with my life I've got nothing to show even though they've had some degree of success. They've gotten raises, they've gotten promotions, but they've always played it safe. And now Mm -hmm. that's what they're feeling. They always put off to later, to someday, to I'll do it when, rather than doing it now, because it was just easier. That just gives me kind of goosebumps. I'm in my early forties and, and I have more time in my career yet, but it's not like it's the whole career in my future. You know, it is definitely is um, putting things off can be easy, but I guess what you're kind of tapping into is the, the, the negative aspects of 
staying in that sort of busy mindset is that I guess what I'm, I'm hearing and what you're saying, and maybe you can elaborate on it more, is sort of that, that lost opportunity, that sort of missed potential or the loss of passion that maybe gets um, submerged in all that busyness. Exactly, exactly. We play it safe, but we don't consider the to use an economic term, the opportunity cost. What is it costing you not to be authentic, not to be doing things you're passionate about, not to be feeling like you're making a meaningful contribution in a way only you can, not to be joyful as much as you can. I mean, we have been taught in our cultures and most of the world have pretty similar kind of through lines that you've got to work hard to succeed. You've got to pay your dues. And instead, what if our only purpose was to be happy and to be joyful and to live in love so that that could telegraph to other people? And we all felt that way all the time. Our world would be dramatically different place. And we tend to laugh that off as childish thinking or fantasy instead of saying that was the whole point all along. When you look at what were the regrets of the dying, it's never that they didn't work hard enough. <laughs> it's never that they did too much. It's always that they didn't take a stand for doing what mattered to them, mm -hmm. that they didn't have enough fun, that they didn't enjoy life more. That's always what they regret. That, that is beautiful. And, and I, unfortunately, I can't talk for hours about this because I, I think you've, you've just really kind of tapped into a, a powerful piece here. But I'm wondering if we can maybe um, talk about this a little bit more before we close the conversation today is as a leader uh, or you know, within an organization, how would somebody both tap into that for themselves, but then also evoke that in their, their teams and their organization. Because I, I fully believe with you that we are meant to be thriving people and that when we are in that joy flow state, then that can then have a ripple effect into our organizations and the planet. So I'd love to hear your tips on how people can maybe bring this into what they do today, day to day. Sure. I, this is something very dear to my heart and a big cornerstone of a lot of my coaching. So it's an inside job first. And we talked about some of the pieces of that inside job. There's more, of course, but um, first you've got to know who you are, what you want, what is your why. And then you've got to be empathetic. So again, we're back to this whole ego thing. When you show up, are you emotionally intelligent? Are you fully present? Are you a conscious listener? And it doesn't matter what your role is on a team, whether it's the very entry level or you are the leader. If you can cultivate these skills, you will connect and build trust with others and be able to have a level of authenticity in your interactions that will bring out everyone's fullest potential. But you can't do that if you're going in there worried about proving yourself. Mm, yeah, well said. <laughs> you can't do it if right. you've got a story and you're going to get triggered at everything everybody else does or says. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, so it, it is that, yeah, that inner peace first, that self-awareness, and then being able to be authentic with your team. And then that, like you're saying, evokes that same level of reaction in the people that you're interacting with. Wow. Well, that, that I think is how to, how to be a human, <laughs> really. <laughs> Much, whether, yeah. whether wherever that is in your personal life and your, your professional life and really this is where that creativity that innovation that excitement and the joy really comes from I'm just very excited to talk about this topic with you Angela I love this and, and I really appreciate your perspective on how to really tap into that so that people can be showing up like this inspired self daily yeah, and I love that you said it's your work life and your personal life, because as we are seeing, and even if COVID hadn't happened, we were on this trajectory anyway, there is no separation between work and personal life any longer. And it really becomes about what lifestyle do you want? That's really the work here. Yeah, and I, I think to summarize what you've described today is the what kind of lifestyle do we want? Do we want one that's full of busyness and overwhelm and a lack of fulfillment? Or do we want one where we're having impact, we're having creativity, joy, flow, and you know, passion? Well, I know which one I want. <laughs> so I really appreciate how you, you shared this with us today. And I think this is a really great intro to all of the concepts that you talk on in your book, Time Builder. Sure. So the book, the whole purpose of writing it is everything we talked about today, how to get out of busyness, to make that space and to essentially create time to be more innovative and more creative. And the book is available through my website. It is also available on Amazon. So you can, whichever preference you have there. Uh, this has been a great conversation, Angela. As always, I thoroughly enjoy talking about this stuff with you. And I'm sure everybody listening will enjoy too. Thank you, Angela, for telling us really about how there is no later, that now is the time to do what you're passionate about and to really tap into that flow state daily. So thank you. It's been great. And I look forward to connecting with you more in the future. Thank you, Sarah. you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. Mm-hmm.